Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington. And in this interview, I talked to Kyle Claver, and he has a pretty interesting case study where he worked on a e-commerce site. It was a drop shipping site. And I guess technically it still is, but the owner had a desire to add some affiliate income to the mix. So they started working with Kyle and he's going to unpack this let us know some of the results and his strategies to actually start earning roughly, I think if my math is right, about $2,300 per month from both Amazon affiliate and some display ads as well. Kyle, how are you doing today? Hey, Doug, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Fantastic, actually. Awesome. And I know we're in a bit of uh, different time zones here, so it's pretty early morning for you. I've had a couple beers myself the evening, so that's what we did last time. Now, for the people that didn't catch the other interview, I have to tell them, go check it out. You have a great story. I love your enthusiasm, and that's why I asked you to be back on the show. But for the people that didn't hear it, who are you and kind of what what do you do? Yeah, so my name is Kyle, as you mentioned, and I do, I'm do. i full-time SEO, basically. So I have a mix between, uh, I have a small small uh, boutique agency and a couple of my own affiliate websites. So I do basically affiliate SEO and then some client SEO as well. Uh, the majority of my client work comes from link building. And then there's a small portion of it, which is like full SEO, doing content, blog content. Um, yeah, that link building, technical audits, all that kind of stuff. So full SEO. And the, sorry... The previous the previous uh, the previous podcast was about the the uh, the age domain that I bought from Otis, and then within you know whatever it was six seven months got it to twenty two hundred a month um, in earnings. So that's that was the last podcast. I recommend you check it out. Awesome, yeah. And those twenty two hundred per month in how mm. many months did you say? It was like nine or something like this. It was pretty quick. Yeah, great. And shout yeah. out to Otis, a uh, fine sponsor of the show, odys.global. And they didn't even pay for this specific spot. But uh, yeah, they're they're great folks and good results. So people check that out. Yeah, great out. results. How long have you been doing SEO and that sort of thing? Uh, yeah, so I've been doing SEO now like for the past three, four years, three years, I would say. But then, of course, like when you start, you're kind of just dabbling. And then, but more seriously, I would say for the past two years, like pretty like serious, serious SEO for the past two years. And then I was fortunate enough, like, as you mentioned, I'm living in Thailand right now. So I, I moved back to Chiang Mai about two years ago and got on with um, some, I, I got some really good experience working with some really high level SEOs there. So that's where my, my real uh, initiation, initiation into SEO started was working with those guys and, and picking up, um, you know, some, some good golden nuggets. Very cool. Okay, well, let's get into this specific case study. And how, how did you land this client? Where did they find you or where did you find them? Yeah, so this is my first client ever, actually, maybe like four years ago when I first started. And basically, so when I first got into dropshipping, I it was like through one of the Facebook groups. And there was this guy, shout out to Ian Bond, you can check him out. He runs uh, professional website investors. So I was in the Facebook groups for, for dropshipping. And I was like, just starting my journey, my digital marketing journey, basically, really eager. And I kept seeing this name, you know, popping up in all the Facebook groups. And whenever somebody and this was more specific to Shopify and dropshipping, high ticket dropshipping, we're talking products that are $500 plus. So every time somebody was trying to sell a website or looking to buy a website, sell a website, um, anything related to that, everybody was mentioning his name in the comments for the Facebook groups. And I was like, man, this guy sounds like a boss. Who is this guy? And of course, I was just starting out, right? And I was just eager for any any kind of knowledge I could get. And uh, so I ended up like messaging him and just being like, hey, can I, I'd love to just chat with you. I'd love to learn more because from the beginning of my digital marketing career, I was always most interested in the investment side, the business side of things, flipping websites, building websites, that, uh, kind of on a higher level. That's what I was always more interested in. So I messaged him and I said, hey, like, I'd love to have a chat with you, blah, blah, blah. And he said, oh, I, I was just on a podcast. You can check it out. So I listened to his podcast, learned a lot from uh, the business and management side of things. And then... Um, I ended up having a call with him and then we kept in touch and we ended up becoming like good friends. So I still talk to him all the, uh, all the time. Now I consider him more of a friend than a client, you know? So it's one of those great clients, but I ended up, I was early in my career, I guess. And he had a few websites. Now his approach is more so like he's more of an investor, right? He's looking to outsource more of the work or put people in place systems and all that kind of stuff. He doesn't do so much of the physical work himself. 
So he had a few Shopify websites and I was just starting out. And I just said like, Hey man, I'll, I'll help you out with these. And he's like, I'll, I'll pay you. And I, no, no, I don't want to get paid. I just want to, I wanted more experience. Basically I knew that it was worth the, the relationship. So that's how I started out with him. I started doing some work with him working for free. And that's when I was like dabbling with SEO before and ended up getting some really good results. So then that transitioned, obviously, like once I started getting some good results, building that relationship, um, then we started working out like a payment, of course. Then I just took him on as a client and then we didn't work together for a period. Like we, we, it was about a year, but then again, we got back into touch and he, he messaged me again, uh, whatever it was a year and a half ago. And he wanted me to look at one of his websites and I said, yeah, sure. So then, then we just picked up on a, on another one of his websites. So I've worked on a few of his websites now and it's always Shopify. And master network. That's <laughs> fantastic. You. I usually don't want to work with people for free. I have had people yeah. approach me and it's, you know, it's kind of a weird area. I value yeah. if someone's doing something good, I want to pay them. But if if you frame it right, like you did, Kyle, then you may be mm-hmm. able to land it, work with a good person and you have this relationship. They can introduce you to people. Maybe you work on a project together like you have here. So I take it this yeah. is the site that he wanted you to have a, a look at. Maybe you have some ideas or this is actually the, the, the third one. This is the third one actually. <laughs> so the other I've done, yeah, this is the third because like I said, it's is uh his go check about Google professional website investors. He's done a few websites, quite a handful actually bought and sold and all this stuff, and it's all Shopify that he's focused on. But um this is the third or fourth website. The first one, that's another one. You could even do a case study of that. We won't get into it, but same thing. It was a little bit of a different approach on that one. We had to modify this one, but same thing, the organic traffic and earnings from organic uh, through dropshipping really, you know, increased like fivefold, tenfold. So we've got some really good results there. Um, and in this one, he just, it's just started off with just like, he needed, he wanted some additional content to help support some of his bigger brands. And then that was like what started it. And then, and then we just like kind of worked our way up from there. So it wasn't like full SEO from the beginning of this one. It just, he just messaged me and said, Hey, I, can you just do some content for me? Uh, okay. Yeah, sure. And then, and then it just transitioned to full SEO. Okay. Gotcha. So can you, well, let, let me frame this in a different way. When I would, um, do my old corporate job and we would show up at a client site. A lot of times we would look at the current state to give us an idea mm-hmm. of what we needed to do to reach the goals for the client. So you had this sort of uh, assignment, this maybe kind of vague, but maybe kind of simple uh, to add more content. So h- how did you assess what to do? And mm. I mean, at, at this point, the site's earning uh, a significant amount from the work that you've done. So I'm curious how, you know, you started with just the content assignment and then it it grew into this bigger thing and it, it's a great result to show for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically like when you're starting off the, now, I, I'm going to say this, like everything that I'm saying is just based on my, I'm not saying there's one way to do things. I just want to preface this before getting into it. This is everything is based on my own experience and, and what has worked and what has not worked for me. So take it with a grain of salt, everything that I say, right? I'm just basing it off my own experience after working on these websites, just to preface that. So when starting up with Shopify, I guess, and, and uh, in particular, like a, uh, a dropshipping or an e-commerce site, I mean, the, the main focus is go- is not going to be on the blog. It's going to be on the product pages and then the collection pages, right? Making sure that all your, your content is unique. You don't have any copy and pasted, uh, duplicate content, all that kind of stuff. Now, this can be a little bit like intimidating. Like I have another client that has like 40,000 products, right? It could be a little bit intimidating. So at least starting with maybe don't do all 40,000 to start, but at least like the, the, the top products, then you can work way, work your way um, kind of across them over time, basically. So when I approached this website, it was kind of the same thing, but I already knew that he had, um, most of his product descriptions were unique. The keyword research was already done to be targeting the correct keywords for the products. And then same thing with collections, because it's different intent, different different keywords for the most part. He already had his collection pages already set up with that they're already keyword targeted, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I knew that that was already done correctly. There was content on the collections as well. So the, and then the technical audit for the most part, like everything like looked good, the click depth, uh, you know, the, the site structure, the, the, you know, ran it through Ahrefs and all that stuff. That's like number one. Um, so that was all good. So the, the, the foundation was, we're already starting from a pretty good place. Uh, and that was like the first approach. And then after I knew that he wanted just basically blog content because he had specific brands that he wanted to kind of just 
basically promote a little bit more, give them a little bit more um, uh, content around them. So that was how we started, just just writing content at that. So the strategy from the beginning wasn't so in-depth. He just asked me, hey, can we get this content? And that's what we did. So then that's where we started. But yeah. Okay, that's perfect. And I think that's a good example of approaching things and doing like sort of the minimum. And once you get to a spot, maybe where you publish a little more content, you went through all the technical SEO audits, you have a different perspective at that point. And maybe you have other ideas of what to do at at that point, I guess. So when you first started working on the site, how long ago was that, by the way? It was about 18 months ago. Before we really started getting involved, there was like some piecemeal, like one article, two article, but that was, you know, like over a longer span, it wasn't like full work, you know, just like one or two articles. But for the most part, like the actual work started, I would say the bulk of it 18 months ago. Okay. And you let me know in the, some of the information you sent ahead of time, the domain rating from Hrefs was seven when you first started Mm -hmm. working on it 18 months ago. And now currently as of actually today is when you pulled the report that you sent to me, it's a uh, 31 yeah. and I see it actually yeah. stayed fairly stagnant for a while. And then it sort of jumped up. Uh, I assume once you started doing more intense link building. So yeah, yeah can you exactly. walk us through sort of the timeline from like the link building perspective? I'm just curious. Cause I have that graph right in front of me right now. Yeah. So basically from the beginning, it was because it was already getting some traffic as well from paid ads and all the rest of it. But we basically started at from five to 10 backlinks a month. So doing a mix between guest posts and, and niche edits. And uh, yeah, that's basically what we started out per month. And then that that stayed pretty consistent throughout the whole campaign. Uh, 10 backlinks minimum per month was was has what we is what we've been doing consistently. Now, there were some months where he wanted to double up. Um, so we did that occasionally, like maybe a few times where we just doubled up the campaign. So doing double content, double link building. But for the most part, it averaged about uh, 10 links a month. So, and I, I don't know the answer to this, but with yeah. the domain rating, obviously domain rating, domain authority, any of the other metrics from an external SEO, uh, I guess, tool set company or whatever you want to call it, like Hrefs, like Moz. Those are just metrics usually based on the links that they're able to detect. So Mm -hmm. do you know why it jumped, the domain rating specifically, kind of jumped in a quick way? Do you you think it's uh, a couple specific links that you got? Do you think it's the culmination of a lot of links over six months and then all of a sudden hrefs is like okay there's a bunch of links now now we recognize it what, what do you think i think part of it is on the graph it's a little bit deceiving because we actually it started at seven but we didn't start like the site was still live for a bit you know what i mean like if, if that makes sense so it looks like it's a big jump but we weren't actually working on it doing a whole lot of link building so but when we started doing the link building why well, i would say that i mean the domain rating went up is mostly just because of the quality of the links right it's based it's based on the quality so a lot of the things is like we're we're doing with the outreach to real websites that have traffic we use traffic metrics um this one we're doing a mix between i think it was dr minimum dr uh 20 or 25 for this site because it was just fine as a minimum metric for for the outreach links but on average it's going to be closer to dr 50 60 for the links that we're acquiring we're building but another big part of that is also like like i mentioned link quality we also look at um inbound to outbound link ratio when we're doing our link building from the referring domains we think that's a big part of it but again dr is not a huge metric that we focus on we're more so focused on like traffic earnings those are the those are the metrics that matter the most but it's just you can it's just interesting to kind of watch the progress, I guess, and kind of base you, but it's, it's more of like a high level view, you know? Um, yeah. So we're more, yeah, like I said, we're more focused on earnings, traffic rankings. That's what matters the most. Right. And it, it, it is easy. I mean, I'm obviously honing in on the, these metrics and I often will tell people, Hey, don't worry about that. You get yourself quality links. Th- things will work themselves out. Hrefs will catch yeah. up or whatever, but I have seen some funny things just with those metrics. Maybe a sort of brand new site lands a pretty good link and they'll jump up with a very small number of links. So yeah. it doesn't quite, I mean, you could find exception cases all over the place. So I think it also, it's pretty easy to get to DR20 
right? It's easy. Like you'll see big jumps up until DR20, then it slows down a little bit. Then you'll see once you get to DR like 30, then it's much harder. DR40, then it's just like, it's really hard. You won't see the same kind of jumps basically. So I'm not yeah, sure what actually, the correct word is for that. But. Yeah. The the slope of the line there. Um, yeah. Well, actually I'm curious because I haven't, I haven't worked. I'm not a big portfolio owner or anything like that kind of keep it minimal, mm -hmm. but I'm curious, have you taken a site from say, um, like a DR 50 to like a DR 70 or something like that? Like, do you know what it takes mm -hmm. to do that? No, me personally, I haven't DR 70 is pretty high. I haven't, the most I've like worked on or been a part of is like maybe DR 60, you know, and that's, it's, it's difficult. Those, those are, those are big players, I guess. You know what I mean? This it's yeah. Those are yeah. big players. Yeah. Kind of, kind of interesting. Again, it's just, it's metric. So there conceivably there's a way to sort of manipulate that. If you know what the inputs are, then you, you could manipulate that. And I was going to say, I think niche site project is like in the sixties somewhere. And I, you know, yeah. I haven't intentionally done anything for a very long time. I did guest posting for a while, but just over time, like it just naturally moved up. So I don't, yeah. I have no idea either. I'm just curious if, if someone's like, Hey, yeah, you need something like, uh, you know, 80 dr 65 links and that'll get you to a 64 i wonder if it's that or if it like really matters on the the url rating right if it's the specific mm -hmm. page that you are getting a link from if that matters more i have no idea i'm sure yeah. someone can run the data and really it, it, figure it out it, yeah, I think Ahrefs does like a breakdown of how it is, um, like how they they base their DR and their DR rating. I think a large part of it also has to do with the inbound to outbound link ratio of the websites you're getting links from. But again, it's, I, you know what, I don't even want to get into that because I'm kind of talking out of my behind right now. I'm not 100% sure. So I won't yeah. get too much into that. Uh, yeah. Well, that that's fair. I have no how idea. How they talk their DR, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're talking like hypothetical yeah. stuff anyway. We like, we have no idea. So I think this is a good little yeah. spot. You do have um, some basically client spot opening. So if people do want to get, I think you have like 10 uh, backlink or 10 guest posts and niche edit packages available. And depending on when mm. people are hearing this, you may have some openings. So I encourage people to check it out. I have been working with you and um, I, I'm impressed so far. So you don't have to sell yourself here, but I'll, I will tell people that I like what you're doing. So I appreciate that. Right. Yeah, it is. And just to be, yeah, awesome. Awesome. Go ahead. What, what were you going to say? <laughs> no, I was just going to say it's uh, DR40 plus links, actually. That's the one that's what most clients are asking for. So that's that's kind of what, what I've been providing. It's a boutique agency that we're doing link building for. And the most standard package basically is 10 links a month. So, but because of what, what people want for the most part is DR40 plus, that's what I'm offering at this time. And we have a special price going on just for the, the listeners here uh, on the Doug show. So we'll, uh, right. yeah, we can talk about that a little bit later, the, the specifics on it, but. Very yeah. cool. All right. So as we're, I guess, sort of pushing on here. So can you, I'm going to jump back to content. I got excited about all the link mm -hmm. reading stuff. So let's jump back to content. How much content was on the site? How much did you add over the 18 months or so to give us a scope of how much work um, you and your team did? Yeah. So when we started, it was very minimal content. Like I said, there was maybe one or two blog articles on there. And the rest, I mean, the rest of the content was basically on the, I don't know the exact word count, but it was most of the content that was on the site was on the category pages or collection pages and then also the product pages. So we started as very minimal content. Um, yeah. And then over the past 18 months, I mean, we've been doing about, we would usually base it off of word count. So it's on average about 8,000 words per month. So not a whole lot, right? 8,000 words per month, eight to 10. Uh, but now we're about a hundred articles in the blog. So it adds up. Right. And then of course, over, there were some months, like I mentioned that where he would, he wanted to double up content. Like this past month was another one where he wanted to double up content, put more down. So, yeah. Okay. And then are you doing a lot of the writing or I know you have, a so we have a, yeah, we have a team of in-house writers basically. So we do all that stuff in-house, uh, which is a big part of our process because we have more control over the writing, right? We have our own team. They understand how to write. SEO content, doing the small things. Like we know we have our own team of editors, right? They're doing the, the, the outlines, everything is surfer optimized. Uh, and then also a, a big part of it too, is like with the proper FAQ sections, uh, NLP friendly. So the, we have a lot of control basically over the content and we do the uploading internal linking, um, the whole on-page process, keyword research, everything, which was a big part of the strategy as well as the keyword research. You can't overlook that, right? 
Okay, and let's dig in deep to each one of these areas. So keyword research, kind of the starting point. So what was your approach there? Uh, Real quick, before we venture too far from backlinks, I just want to, one thing that I just kind of want to touch on really quick because it's very important to me for the backlink strategy, uh, which I think a lot of people overlook is uh, like, so, and because I work with a lot of clients, right? And oftentimes clients that I work with, they just send me, it's like, it's a link order. They don't ask for my off page uh, strategy. They just put an order in for links. And a lot of times I'm looking at these link orders and they just suck, to be honest with you. I try to advise them, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it this way between anchor text, between like what links are sending the page, uh, the, what, what urls are targeting it's just it just sucks right so i would love to just talk talk a little bit more about that from the beginning and then one of the reasons why i think this project was successful was because of the off page obviously it was the full seo but a big part of it is the off page so the off page strategy so number one so we're doing about on average 10 links a month right so one of the things that i often see people messing up on is not saying enough links to the home page so what I recommend is doing 30 to 50% links to the homepage on every campaign. So if you're doing 10 links every month, do 30, 30 to 50% of the homepage. Um, I think one of the most important things is not only is it going to help power up your whole site, but I think a lot of it is about making your site look as natural as possible. So, you know, if you're an affiliate, if you're an e-commerce site, if you're whoever you are, uh, most real websites are getting links to the homepage. So don't, don't neglect that and use majority, uh, branded anchors. You know, we do a mix, but it's mostly between it's, it's minimum like 30% branded anchor text, uh, with that. And then the, the occasional, maybe 10% miscellaneous. So that's a big part. Uh, that's like the, on a high level. And then another thing that I often see people, uh, what I think is a problem, right? I mean, this is just based on my own experience is sending too many links to one page, especially like a money page. Like I know a lot of people that want to push their like, oh, I really, really love to rank this page. So they have a budget for say three or five links and they send all three or five links to that one page. I think that's a waste. Um, it's just based on my own experience. I think there's a bit of a filter with that. Like it doesn't necessarily push that page so much better. I think the, the better way to go about this and the way this long-term was when about 50% links to the homepage and then the rest of the 50% was just sprinkled into each inner page, each article on the blog, basically. So we didn't try to rank one page more than the other by sending more links to it. Maybe one that we really wanted to push would send maybe one more over a period of time, but we wouldn't do like say three to one page in one month. We just sprinkled them around and we did a mix between, you know, info articles, money content, where we, we have some roundup reviews and all that stuff on the blog. So that was a big part that I just, I really want to stress for, for off page, which I see a, a big problem where a lot of people are doing, uh, especially based on my experience with dealing with a lot of clients. I agree a hundred percent, especially with the homepage branded anchor text. I know mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we're, we're often trying to rank specific pages for specific reasons, but getting that branded anchor text, I, it must send a really nice sign over to Google or they're monitoring that. And I know if you go look at real actual websites, a lot of times they will have most of their links going to the homepage, branded anchor text, or like if it's a site project, for example, maybe it's my name, which would also, yeah. you know, make sense because it's a personal brand really. So, um, when your potential clients do approach you and you just get the order, do you, you know, take a a closer look and say, Hey, if you want some input, maybe you send some links to the homepage or do you just take the order and run with it? Man, I'm, I'm torn because I deal with all, I do all the off page planning myself. Like, like, so when a link comes in, it's not like I, my, I am the one that oversees everything. I manage everything. That's how, how I like to do it, especially at this stage. Right. Um, and I'm torn because sometimes I tell clients that they just, they get mad, you know, they're like insulted. Like they, oh, I've been doing SEO for so long and it works or, or I get other things. They say like, oh, well, my competitor is doing this. And my competitor is doing that. And I, I just say like, okay, like, you know, it's up to you ultimately, right? So now I try to advise and to say, hey, this is, I recommend you do this. It's really up to you. Um, you know, that's it. And, and you know, whether, whether they want to take my recommendation or not, it's it's up to them. So I do try to tell them like, hey, look, this is what I recommend for you. Um, I recommend sending more to the homepage or less to this page, or I recommend at least, or sometimes it's like they want uh, 10 backlinks with like near exact match anchor text going to one specific page at one time. I'm not like, man, it's, I, I wouldn't, I don't recommend that, you know, <laughs> like switch it up a little bit. So what sort of anchor text percentage would you sort of, and let's, let's zoom out and say 
over the course of a year or so, and you're sending mm-hmm. a reasonable number of links to a page and you're trying to rank it, what kind of anchor text do you want to have? So I usually aim for like on inner pages, for example, I usually aim for 60% uh, target keywords, not exact match, but some variation of the target keyword, like some long tails. And I don't repeat the same anchor twice, but on most pages, we're not sending so many links to a specific page anyways. So say for example, because we're, we're not also a big part of the strategies where, because yeah, sorry, a big part of the strategy is we're trying to target the really low competition keywords in the beginning anyway. So they shouldn't need that many links to rank as well. So we're not, it's, it's pretty rare that we have like a, a page where we're trying to send like 10 backlinks to to try to compete with like bigger guys, right? We're just going after the lower competition. But just because they're lower competition doesn't mean that they don't work, they don't convert, they, and they do work, they do make money. So it's it's based on ROI, right? So it's, it makes sense. But the way that we generally do it is, is the first one is normally uh, target keywords like that we send for the anchor text. The first one is normally like a target keyword variation, like a long tail variation. And then we just kind of see how it goes. And then if it needs, say, for example, three links, like over time that we kind of assume, then I would usually do like long tail variation target keyword first, probably another long tail variation keyword second for anchor text, and then a miscellaneous. So click here, this page, this site, you know, more info guide, that kind of stuff. Or like uh, maybe even a naked URL, but I don't use those so much, mostly just uh, like a miscellaneous one. Okay. So overall conservative and generally these are low competition keywords. So you don't need mm-hmm. 80 links. You may need like five or something yeah. like that. Okay. Yeah. Good. Or actually they can be really high competition, but it'll still rank anyways. I just ranked another client site for super competitive keyword. It has over 110,000 searches per month. You know, this is the main primary keyword on the blog and it has one backlink, you know? So just like, if you're doing all the other things, right, your, your technical, your on page is good, everything else. And then I think, I do think that you have to look at your site as a whole, not just one particular page. Right. So I do think that sending the branded anchors to the homepage and, and mixing up your, like sending links to multiple pages, making sure everything is internally linked while doing your on page, like doing all the things, I think that's going to have a bigger effect. And it's just, uh, you have a better chance of also getting lucky, you know, like, I don't want to say luck, but I mean, good things just have a tendency to happen when you're doing the correct steps. And that's kind of how I approach it. And then on a high level, you're going to have more traffic and better results, right? Instead of, you know, that, that that's how I look on things. I look on things more, more holistically or try to anyways. From an internal linking perspective, mm-hmm. It sounds like probably the site was in roughly pretty good shape just from like breadcrumbs and navigation and all that stuff, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, but you obviously added quite a bit of content. So how did you handle the internal linking, uh, silos, clusters, any other buzzwords? What, what did you do? <laughs> Yeah. So um, from the beginning, so for example, this site, when we first got it, it was a pretty low DR site. Now, when you're working on a, on a e-commerce site, like I did the, 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 I, the real main goal is ideally you want to try to rank your collection and your product pages. But with that, it's pretty difficult with a lower DR site. In my experience, if you send links to product and collection pages, it doesn't do anything. So to get those moving up, you want to make sure your site is set up correctly and then just build the overall authority of the site. And those will have a tendency to go up. Right. So, um, now, so we kind of just ignored those and that's why we focus more on the blog because we know that we can rank the blog pretty easy. So that's where we added all the blog content. Now with the blog content, originally we tried to rank the collection. So we were doing a lot of our internal linking. Like, so we have kind of a mini silo, but it's more so based off of, it wasn't so strongly like laid out. It's just kind of using a little bit of experience and kind of common sense. Like if you're talking about a specific type of, basically if the link can fit in, the context naturally, then we'll add internal links. And the more the merrier, as long as it doesn't appear spammy, you know what I mean? Like it just kind of has to make sense and look somewhat natural. So with the internal linking, we were trying to do like the blog was linking to the blog basically within itself, but then also linking to specific categories uh, or collections to try to help move those up. But it didn't, it didn't work so well. Um, so we ended up switching the the focus a little bit just to kind of keep it within the blog because the category pages weren't linking. And we were actually linking more on the blog for category pages, if that makes sense. We're, we're actually starting to rank the blog content instead of category for those specific keywords. So we just kept it within the blog itself, the internal links. Hopefully that makes sense. Well, and I'll ask follow-up questions too. So refresh our memory, collections in the Shopify world mean what? Collections categories are kind of interchangeable terms, but it's basically a a collection of all your products. 
So okay. think about like uh, red sneakers and you're going to have a, a collection full of all the red sneakers that you would have, all the red sneaker products that you would have. Okay. So and it's one step them. above a product page. Yeah. Perfect. So kind of like categories and you found that that wasn't exactly working so well. Yeah. And then you thought, hey, we'll just have these internal links from the blog posts to other blog posts that make sense. Mostly, yeah, mostly. Okay, cool. And I probably should have, we should have pointed this out before. So it is a Shopify e-commerce store, but essentially it doesn't matter, right? This could be any content site built on like flat HTML. Like you're looking at this from the, the core of keyword research, content that's optimized, external links, internal links, all optimized, trying to rank in Google, right? So it doesn't matter Shopify. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it would be easier if it was WordPress, but it would just, we're just uh, like for a number of other reasons. Like if you have a, a blog heavy website, obviously WordPress is the way to go in my opinion, but it, it was already on Shopify. And that's kind of what's the surprising thing about it is how well it was performing on the blog, especially considering a lot of people say Shopify sucks, but in terms of performance, it's in organic search, it's, it's doing really well. So that was, we're pretty impressed with that. Very good. Okay. So anything else with sort of the internal linking strategy, for example, anchor text, I, I, I was trying to figure this out the other day. I know you can be more aggressive with your internal yeah. anchor text, but I don't know how aggressive. So what, what were you doing on this site? Uh, I do, I do this on all my sites, client sites, everybody. I basically do like a hundred percent target anchors for internal linking. Uh, unless it's hard, unless it's too difficult to like, unless it's too difficult to like fit in naturally. Like for example, like we just have to, then we might just fit and like click here to see our best product or whatever. And we use click here as the anchor, but we're doing basically like 90 to hundred percent target keywords for the internal linking, uh, and different variations though. So it's not an exact match. That's a big difference. We try to mix in different variations of it. Um, yeah. So basically like secondary keywords as well. Okay. And that's what I was going to say. I, yeah. it's hard to find this information, right? It's hard to get this data. I think probably the best way is to go look at a site and analyze their internal linking structure and figure out like what they yeah. did and look at yeah existing data with results already. But yeah, I found no strict guidelines, but I thought you could be really aggressive, but I talked to someone just the other day and they said, ah, I do like maybe two or three exact match and that's it. I don't overdo it. And I was like, mm. that's basically what you would do with external links. Like, yeah, that doesn't make sense to me. So yeah. I think you're probably right. I'm going to be testing this out pretty soon with like very high percentage of internal links. So you have a roughly a hundred blog posts on the site. How many yeah. links do you have going to sort of like the, the top 10% of the post that have the most internal links. So what's kind of the maximum internal links a page might have? Man, I don't have those numbers in front of it because I don't deal with so much of the internal, like the, 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 the editor does that, right? It's her responsibility to go in and do all the internal linking. So it's to have the, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it, you know, I would say it's between five to 10 going pointing to that page if it fits, you know, internal links point to the page. Is that the question? How many links are pointing to it? Yep, yep. Yeah. Okay, cool. So five to 10 or so. And yeah. most again, of them are, but again, it's going to depend on like how many articles, I mean, I don't want to set like a, 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 a firm rule for people, you know, like you have to have 10 internal links. You have to have this, right. I think it's more so like, um, if it fits, but again, that comes with your content strategy beforehand. Like you still are trying to keep your, your, your hubs pretty closely related. And if that's the case, then it's going to be pretty easy to, to add those internal links, you know? And if you're doing like an affiliate site, if you're doing a lot of product reviews or something like this, and then you have your roundups, like that's an easy silo right there. You just have the review for this, the same, you know, if you have a, a roundup review and it has 10 products and you have five of those products, you've done a, a review article on them and it's the same products. There's a, there's a good silo right there. So I would definitely make sure that those are all internally linked, you know, like okay. uh, it's based on the content itself. Man, I just thought of a great, I'm not going to do this. So anyone who wants to do this analysis, Kyle, feel free to do this if you want to hmm. look at some larger site or a handful of larger site sites and yeah. then look at their internal linking structure 
and review their anchor text and all that yeah. data would be available. You could just run reports on hrefs and see what's mm -hmm. going on with their internal linking structure. And you could come back with like actual data and say, Hey, we saw this on these websites. It looks like if you aim in these ranges for percentages, anchor text, all that kind of stuff, the number mm -hmm. max number of links and some guidelines, I bet whoever publishes that it'll be shared all over the place. Yeah. So I've done it before. I've done it with the team that I used to work for. We actually analyze like five, uh, five really big, big authority, uh, affiliate sites. Now I haven't checked in on them, but I'm pretty sure a lot of them have gone down. I know for sure, like two or three of them have gone down significantly, uh, recently from the recent updates. So that's one of the things, but when we analyzed it, it was basically hundred percent internal linking. I mean, it's hundred percent target anchor text, uh, for the internal links. And it was like the whole method you could see was just like, excuse my language, like a shitload of internal links. Like they were internal linking like crazy. You know what I mean? Like it was like a lot, a lot, a lot. So, and there was no clear silos either. So that's one of the things that was noticed basically. And we kind of took that approach. Now, now I'm a little bit more conservative because I'd rather be safe than sorry. Like, like I said, those, those, those sites are not doing so well after the recent updates. I'm not saying it's because of their internal linking, but maybe that was part of it. I'm not exactly sure. So I try to, and also adding that, that many internal links and doing it properly is a lot of work, you know, like somebody has got to go through and do it. They have some, some plugins, like they have like link whisper, which is to help. But in my experience, it just wasn't as good as just doing it manually. Um, especially cause we're more specific. We're much more, uh, we're very, very, very selective on the anchor text that we're using, not only for on page, but also off page. So for our link building, we're very, very specific on the anchor text, but also for internal linking on page, we're very, very, very specific with the anchor text. Like it's got, it can't be, it, it's, it's target keywords. You know what I mean? Not an exact match. We don't duplicate the same anchor text. If we do, it's not very often, uh, it's close variations, but it's basically like, uh, secondary keywords. So, and, and for the most part, I, people are just too generic with their internal links a lot of times and same with these, the, the, the plugins or whatever. That's been my experience. Maybe it's improved since then, but. I know, uh, Spencer's doing, making a lot of improvements and I think there's actually a Shopify, plug-in version of link whisper yeah. available yeah. but the, the problem you pointed it out really well so if i'm looking to do some specific anchor text with an internal link and i didn't use that anchor text very much because i didn't know that mm -hmm. i was going to be targeting it then i'm not going to find it anywhere and yeah. I, I might have some suggested pages but if i didn't do you know, if I didn't plan ahead of time, which I mean, actually on niche site project, I didn't plan ahead of time. I was just talking about what I was doing. So there's a yeah. lot of sort of just random misdirected, um, anchor text that is fairly generic and it's pointing all over the place. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So, okay. Anything else with the internal linking structure? Uh, no, I think that that covers it. Yeah. Okay. We still try to do like a lot of internal links. Um, but yeah. Okay. Very good. And I was trying to remember what else I, I we go so deep, Kyle. I don't even remember what we were talking about before. So mm -hmm. I think I was going to ask a little bit more about content. So we talked about yeah. some keywords, the content approach, how much um, sort of informational versus like product review style uh, content What's the breakdown there? Basically 50, 50%, 50, 50. Yeah. If anything, it's, it's a little bit more, uh, affiliate style content. So maybe 60%, but it's, we're trying to get, get it close to 50, 50 between mix between info and either roundup reviews or, uh, roundup reviews or individual product brand reviews. All right. Very good. And are you leaning towards more informational with some of the recent moves with Google to hit, you know, product reviews a little harder? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I, I think it's still great for relevance. And I still think it's not a hundred percent of a waste. And if you can monetize it a bit, I mean, it's not going to be as profitable as like affiliate, for example, uh, content, but I still think it's just a good thing to have for just makes, I just, this is totally like, it just makes me feel good. You know, I just feel more comfortable. There's no data that I'm, I'm really using to back that up. I just think it makes things look more natural. And that seems to be the direction that Google's going, obviously with the recent update and, and moving forward. Yeah. You mentioned FAQs, which I've been talking more and more about. I've seen great success over the years and, you know, still yeah. 
Um, it's becoming even more popular, I think, with services popping up. So what's your approach for FAQs uh, as far as, well, actually the whole approach? I'll leave it open for mm-hmm. you. Yeah, so uh, one thing I'll say from the beginning for our keyword research and the whole strategy going into the site. So one thing to keep in mind is this was a Shopify website, right? So the main, and this is a Shopify website that was uh, doing dropshipping and the brands that they were doing dropshipping for are pretty well-known brands within the niche, right? you got to be within the niche to know the brands, but there is search traffic behind the brands, right? So the first strategy was to target those specific brands, obviously. So we've done this before with Shopify sites where we do like brand review, then we just promote our products and just do it. We don't, we don't do it on Amazon, right? So we were limited in the beginning with the, the content that we were able to do because it was all based on the, the brands that we already had on the site and the particular models that we had on the site. So then once once those weren't converting, that's when we made the switch to Amazon. But uh, we could talk about that after. But to get back to the actual um, on-page and the keyword research and all the rest of it. So it's the same thing. We're, we're mostly doing from the beginning. We're basically just grabbing, we're making a list of all the low DR sites within the niche. So DR, I would say preferably under 10 is like super low. That's great. Uh, but DR 20 is still okay, I would say. But I, I really like to see it under DR 10. So we scrape all those sites. We just have a look at all their keywords. Uh, and then again, the filtering process is basically trying to find keywords that have like say three under DR 10 on page one. Uh, that's like a, a great sign that are targeting the keyword. And then we kind of make a list of those. And then if you can't find those, then under, under DR15, under DR20 is fine. But we're looking for basically three on page one. And then we kind of like just scrape all those keywords and put together a list. And then we just start targeting um, the, the, the the silos, I guess, or closer related ones to start and kind of see how those are performing and ranking. Uh, so that would be like the keyword research and then for the actual content outlines and then the FAQ section, like you were mentioning. So starting with the primary keyword, then the content outline is just based on, we just want to make sure that we're, we have like the most complete outline so that we have the editor go through, she will go, he or she, depending, will go through say the top three to five pages and they'll just scrape all the, the headings basically and just see what the other, um, other competitors are talking about. And we want to make sure that we include those and then just kind of like rearrange them a little bit. And then that's where the editor comes in, the writer comes in to make sure that it flows correctly. And it's still, you know, it, it, it makes sense, obviously, right? So you got to use your judgment. And then on top of that, we take the primary keyword that we're targeting, we entered into Google, then we use the people also ask section. So we you can keep opening those sections up to get as many FAQs as possible. And you can either add those in an FAQ section, like the people also ask, or if it's good enough to make a subtopic, you can make a subtopic out of it. But most often we just make, um, we just, do people, we just do the, the FAQ section for that part. Now, one thing that I think a lot of people mess up on this is like they're they're taking too many FAQs that are not the, 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 the primary keyword, if that makes sense. So say you were targeting the keyword like best red running shoes in the FAQ section, you want to ha- only have questions that are related to the best red running shoes. Don't add questions that are related to like sh- shoes in general or outdoor climbing shoes, because that's going to be for another article. Keep it really specific. So it still fits to the main, um, the main, like the primary keyword. And then if you can't find any more then just don't add them, sometimes you only have one FAQ or two FAQs, you know? So that's generally how we, we do our approach. And then everything is like written in like a, NLP friendly format, you know, so it's, it's very easy for search engines to answer. So it's like, you're repeating the question back to it. So it's like, um, who is the fastest person in the world? And then that would be the question for the FAQ, for example. And the answer would be, you know, um, what's his name? What's that runner's name? Anyways, John, you say do well. Yeah. Usain Bolt. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for saving me there. Usain Bolt is the fastest runner in the world. In 2019, he ran a hundred meters in, you know, 3.5 seconds, whatever it might be, you know? So that's also very easy to, uh, for search engines to understand that it's, it's easy for you to end up in the people also ask section, or at least getting that, um, that, that snippet and stuff like this snippets are a little bit less now, but it's, it, it still definitely helps for traffic overall. Okay, so that, that was really good with like the overall picture of the content. Now you mentioned NLP. For the people that don't know what that is, can you break it down a little bit? What's it stand for? Uh, starting off, yeah, natural language processing. I think is is what it is. I believe well, this is like the term that we use. I don't know the actual specifics. The, the way that I understand it, you know, like again, like Google this stuff, man. I'm not an expert. I'm not a super tech guy, but basically, just like making sure it's it's just um it's there's something to do with the algorithm. I don't know, but it's basically just it's the way that I understand it is it's like it's easy for search engines to understand. And the more detailed, the better. Like clearly, sp- like laying it out. And if you're talking about things like sizes 
or weight and stuff like this, like using alternative metrics really helps. It's like Google, because it's really easy for Google or search engines to like understand that kind of stuff, you know, like being very clear with your answer. So that's the, that's all, that's the easy, that's the way I explain it to my editors. That's how I understand it without being like too tech into it. You know what I mean? It just, just make it easy to understand and very clear. And yeah. And it's, um, you know, it's one of those uh, acronyms that meant something else before. It's like neuro-linguistic programming, programming. Like hypnotist yeah, and other kind of yeah. other shit. Like Shout that. out to Tony yeah. Robbins, man, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. I, like yeah, yeah. it's been around for a little while and then now we're using sure. it in a different context and it means something yeah. different. We throw it around. I don't know what it means either. Whatever you said seems pretty uh, accurate. Yeah. It seems fine. Natural language processing. Is that what you said? Sure. Yeah. Not, yeah. I think that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Yeah. So we, but we every, the writers up. know it. Yeah. So sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say we could dig up a link, but I mean, people just Google it. If you want to go deeper in that, yeah. I, um, I, I clearly uh, know less than Kyle about it. And it, I mean, it's a thing that you can go deeper and you can dive in the deep end if you want to like really understand it. And there, there are tools that can help you, uh, understand this better and uh, essentially like help you extract some of the information, right? There's some tools out there. Yeah. 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 Okay. There's... Yeah. I don't know what they are either. So Mo- okay. most of the, the only on page tool that we're using right now though, is of course like Ahrefs for like the keyword research, but the, the primary one is surfer SEO. So that's the one we, we write all of our content with that, uh, the bulk of it, I should say anyways, unless it's such a low competition keyword that it has no, because com- surfer SEO is an on page comparison tool. So it's just basically taking the top however many pages that you're selecting and it's just comparing the data based on how many keywords are mentioned for the most part that's like a simplistic view of it right so mm-hmm. if you have no competitors to compare yourself to then it, the tool is not really useful but most keywords have uh competitors so all of our on pages written with with surfer content editor okay very yeah. good so let's start moving into the monetization um per the report that you sent me for april it made the site made $1,893 in April of 2021. And then mm-hmm. that's from Amazon, from your display ad network, $431. And that was yeah. just for half the month. So conceivably, this yeah. site would have made like 3000 total from the work that you've done. And yeah, any details to add about monetization, either with Amazon or the ads that you are showing? Yeah. So from the beginning, like I mentioned, we were trying to promote the, so we still had some, we were still doing affiliate content in the beginning, but we just weren't aff- promoting affiliate products. We we're just promoting the products that were being going to be drop shipped basically. So we we're promoting those and they just weren't converting that great. And we kind of had this idea like, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I know this content can convert with Amazon. That's kind of like what we were thinking. So we talked to the site owner and he was pretty like, he was, he's pretty big into drop shipping. He likes the drop shipping model. And we talked to him and it, I don't, I don't think there was much resistance, but he said, you know, cause he's a pretty open guy. Okay, sure. Let's try it. So we had uh, already content that was ranking, but instead of promoting Amazon products at the time, it was just promoting the site products. And then we switched out all the, the links for Amazon links, and just started promoting the Amazon products. And then that's when we started to see an increase in, we started like making some money from Amazon. So I think maybe the first month was like three or four months ago. We did that. Maybe it made like a couple hundred bucks. Then maybe, uh, so April, it made 1800, I guess from Amazon the month before that, I think it made maybe made half of that, like seven or eight, 900, somewhere around there. But um, once we knew that Amazon was converting, then we started going just just doing more like an Amazon, uh, basically an Amazon affiliate site just on the blog. So that's basically what we're doing now. And now all the content is is uh, promoting Amazon products, and it's like a standard a standard affiliate site. If you were to look at the blog, it's it's done on Shopify, so the design is not the exact same, of course. But um, you know the same thing. Just like you have your, it's, we have roundup reviews, we have product reviews, we have informational articles, and it's just the standard um, promotion, basically standard affiliate site. And do you happen to know any sort of? like the magnitude of how much the content that basically the affiliate content, how much was it working on the drop shipping side? Do you know if it was like selling a few things and then when you moved over to Amazon, it, you know, it's like, you know, 800% higher because it only sold like one or two products. Like how bad was it? Yeah, it was 
it was a, it was a significant increase. Uh, like I don't have the exact numbers to be honest, but it was not selling like hardly anything on the, the Shopify. I mean, yeah, on the dropshipping side of things, at least for those specific products that we were promoting. Like we had one of the best brands, and we had a review page. We were ranking like number one for it for the particular brand review and a bunch of other variations, and it wasn't selling like anything, you know. So like it just wasn't converting. And I think probably the reason was because that product is on Amazon, you know, and it was probably cheaper on Amazon. So it's like, you're not going to have great conversions when you're, you know, people could just go to Amazon. That's one of the, that's one of the things with dropshipping, right? If you're doing dropshipping, especially high ticket, it tends to work better if you're selling products that are not sold on Amazon, you know, because then they would just go to Amazon. Most people trust Amazon. So for high ticket dropshipping, you try to avoid products that are heavily sold on Amazon or that are easily bought in a store near you because then people would just go to the store and buy it themselves because they can look and see it. So that's when that's when dropshipping has a tendency to work better, right? Um, but yeah, these products are sold on Amazon uh, quite easily. Like there's an abundance of them and uh, at a good price and all the rest of it. So it was just, it's just an easier sales process just to send them to Amazon. With the display ads, are they shown on all the blog pages or just the informational posts? Yeah, all the blog pages have uh, the ads on them, and we still I still do that on my sites as well. Uh, we've tested that before in the past. I'm pretty sure it was a while ago, but we actually saw I think better conversions with with ads on the the money content as well. So we just put it across all pages. Uh, it's not too aggressive. Uh, the ads. There's the one like pop up ad, which I just noticed like recently. I, I'm not a huge fan of that, but for the most part, it's like on the header, the footer, and maybe a couple like in in content. And then there's the the one pop up ad. I don't know what you call it. So, but that's across the site or across across the blog, I should say. I used to be really nervous about that, and I've seen kind of what you've mentioned, where conversions really aren't impacted so much. I mean, I think ads have changed in how people deal with ads over the past eight years or so when I've been doing this yeah. stuff. So, all right. And are there like video ads playing too? I know those are pretty popular now, or is it just display? Ads? Just the display, just the standard display ads. Yeah. Oh, would you look into videos? I don't know if they're available on your network or what's going on with that. I know I've heard those are really good. Um, I see them a lot. Yeah. I, I, I don't look into that stuff so much. I mean, if, if the, the the ad manager or whatever tells me that they've had you know good success with it and then sure i'll give them a try like i'm open to it right but again like i also monitor like one of the things we after we added ads like if you if you end up sharing the screenshots we actually saw a drop in traffic so i think it's starting to recover now um so that's why may was kind of off to a little bit of a slower start because we saw we saw a little bit of a loss on rankings and the traffic because of it from adding the ads and i think it was just from changing the site and not necessarily because the user metrics didn't change but i think it's just from making a minor shift to the site and we just bounced around at the rankings a little bit so if that didn't if that didn't now we're recovering we're going back up to where we were before we uh we, we installed the ads but if that didn't um, recover, we notice a drop in earnings, then of course we wouldn't keep the ads up. Right. So I would look at it the same thing with the video ads. If we add the video ads and it's, and it's, we saw conversions go down, we're making less money overall, then I would just get rid of them. You know, it's not worth it. Sure. Okay. So any, at the end of the day, I'm on... just focused on, on money basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's well, my, I mean, that's my base performance. Either it makes more money or it doesn't. And if it doesn't make more money that I, I don't care to do it, you know, I'm not going to add it. Yeah. Try to be yeah, effective really. And that's the, that's the right way to look at it. I mean, you got to look at the numbers, you got to test stuff, be willing to make some drastic changes occasionally. But I mean, everything looks good on my end and, and I don't have an easy way to share uh, the, the graphics, but I'll, I'll try to describe it verbally, especially for <laughs> our podcast listeners. And yeah, it looks like for like a week or two, um, the traffic dropped a little bit and then yeah. it, sprang back up everything seems okay yeah. did you make any changes or did it came back naturally just came back naturally okay that's interesting we're just doing, we're just continuing the same process basically we're just continuing the same process um but and it's it's coming back so and we're actually starting to move up with some other really big keywords as well so hopefully it's going to keep going up at the same rate so, but, but based on the, based on the keywords that are starting to move up on page, page two, page, page one, page two, it should continue to go up quite nice. I'm pretty excited for it. Very cool. Anything else on the monetization angle? Uh, no, that, that should be it. Pretty, pretty standard stuff. You know, we're not doing it. We're not like reinventing the wheel, you know, by any means we're not doing anything crazy. Just, just following a, a process. All right. Well, I think we covered most of the questions that I had in my head. 
I often forget things. So is there anything that I, I forgot, Kyle, that I should ask you? Uh, I think that pretty much covers it for the most part. I think the biggest thing is just like consistency, you know, like it's not like this, this didn't happen like overnight, as you know, it took like 18 months. Right. But it was basically a fresh, for the most part, it was a fresh domain, like had very little authority, didn't have really any, any work done to it. So it was basically starting from scratch that the domain was, was already been around for like a, a year or two, but in terms of actual like SEO work it was pretty much fresh. Right. But it was just about, uh, consistency, you know, like traffic was going up a little bit and a little bit and a little bit, but just consistently like we didn't like overthink the process too much Just have like a little bit of faith, just send the links, write the content, you know, and just kind of just, just do that. Right. There's nothing, nothing so crazy. And then the result of that is actually like we talked about before, like, um, competitive keywords. Now the site is ranking for like really competitive keywords, you know, just by chance. Like, I don't, it's not like we were even really necessarily going for them, but like very small, like for example, uh, we're targeting like a three word, like say, uh, it, it's basically getting a lot more like the short tail keywords, if that makes sense. So like, yeah, the keywords that it shouldn't even really necessarily be ranking for. And we're a bit of an outlier when you look at the SERPs, like it's covered by high DR sites, we're DR 30. So it's not super, super low, low DR, but most of the DR in the sites is like on the SERPs is like 60, 70, 80. And then there we are ranking number one, you know? So I think it's just like, just from the process overall and not looking at one specific page or one specific keyword. Um, but just, yeah, looking at everything, like I mentioned before, holistically, I think that's, that's really the key there. And it looks like the last six months is when there was more significant growth. So were the first 12 months, it was sort of very slow, very gradual growth. Is that, yeah. am I reading this right? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's like an iceberg, you know. Like you, you, you feel like you're not doing anything. That's the hardest thing to kind of accept. You, you think it's going to be like big jumps when you first start doing SEO, but especially in the beginning parts of the campaign. And that's why client SEO is so difficult, you know, because you have to try to like tell them, like, look, just be patient. Luckily, I've done work with him before, so he already had like a lot of confidence in in me and within the process. And actually, my my, I know way more now. I'm much better SEO than I was then. So that's. So we're able to get better results, but just like, don't overthink it too much. I think a lot of times like you'll, <clears throat> you're working on it and you, a couple months go by and then you freak out and you think you have to change everything. You start overanalyzing everything. Like, well, maybe I should change this title to this. And maybe my anchor text ratio has got to change on my internal links. And maybe it's 75% is better than 80% and all this stuff. It's like, no, no, just give it some time, let it age. Uh, build more backlinks, high quality backlinks, write more high quality content. When I say high quality, I mean, you know, you don't have to get like a, a PhD to write your content, but just SEO optimized, good quality content. And that's going to take care of the bulk of the work and you should still see some good success. Obviously, the smaller the detail, you might get uh, better results, but it doesn't, it's not to say you're not going to get good results if you just do those things. You know, the results are still good. They're still sufficient. This is awesome, Kyle. It's always good to catch up with you. Where can people find you if they want to work with you or, or learn a little bit more about you? Yeah. So I would just say, just message me directly on, just go to my website, claver.digital. I mean, Doug will have a link in the, in this, in the show notes in the description below, but just uh, jump on the site. There's some pricing. There's a basic website, just a landing page for the most part, just enter in the chat and then you can reach out to me directly, uh, you know, ask me any kind of question or whatever, or if you have a website that you need help with, like I mentioned, like Doug mentioned before, we're mostly doing link building. I do have a, like I said, some, some small in-house team of writers. So we can do like full SEO content plan strategy. And then along with the link building, but the main, the main business that I'm doing right now, is link building that's we've been seeing the best success with so uh yeah that's just hit me up basically all right yep we'll have all the links for you and everything thanks a lot kyle really appreciate it awesome thanks doug thanks for having me cheers thanks again to kyle really appreciate him taking the time to explain this case study I know we tried to emphasize it in the interview, but I'll mention it again here. The work he did was on an e-commerce dropshipping site. However, the ideas can be transferred to any other site. So like normal, you're targeting keywords, you're publishing content, you're doing some internal and external link building, and those things generally work out no matter what kind of site, whether it's WordPress or Shopify or whatever. It doesn't really matter. So if you want to work with Kyle, you can check out the link in the show notes here. I believe the the package that seems to either be the only one or the most popular that he offers is a domain rating 
40 plus for 10 links and it's a mix of guest posts and niche edits out there. So you can check it out. I think you will find if you shop around, that's pretty cheap. Whatever whatever pricing he has listed, I won't mention it in case he updates it anytime in the future. He's generally charging less than most other services, which is interesting. He and I talked a little bit offline off the recording and his you know primary goal isn't necessarily to grow a huge agency. He just happens to have a team and actually, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but his goal generally is not to grow a, a giant agency. So he, he has a few clients he works with and it's always fun talking to him. He's really passionate about the work that he's doing and there's some excitement and he's you know really hands-on in, in doing a lot of work. He's also worked with uh, some pretty cool people as well. So I'm not going to ramble on too much. We'll catch you on the next episode of The Doug Show.